We've got a big problem with school funding in our state and what we need to do about it. Not enough money for kids. Schools say they have unfunded mandates that just don't work anymore and impacts you if you've got a kid or a grandkid or a neighbor that is in school. Paul Milkey is the superintendent of the Sussex Hamilton School District. I discussed it with him and started by asking him to explain how funding for our schools works. We actually have to go back to 1993 mm-hmm. uh, when, when some limits went in. So revenue limits were put in to control um, how much schools were, were spending. And the thing that happened then, uh, let's just say there was three districts. One was spending at a high level, one was spending at a medium level, and one was spending at a lower level. Whatever you were spending in that year, you got locked into and that became your base. Immediately, there's an equity uh, across the state. And uh, the district I'm in, Hamilton, is one of the lowest uh, spending or lowest funded, however you want to look at it, districts in Waukesha County. So that makes it a, a challenge for us. Basically, since 93, the state budget then comes in and they allocate how much more money they're going to give to schools. And funding is basically based on the your enrollment. So the higher your enrollment, the more money that you get. And that's based on a three-year rolling average. So if you are a declining enrollment, district, that gets offset and they kind of slow that uh, amount down a little bit. If you are an increasing enrollment district like Hamilton is, we actually, if we had 110 new students this year that came in, we actually only got funded for a third of those because that figured in for a third of our average. So the basics basically are um, the state sets the funding at whatever you're at. All the districts are at a different level and that's based um, and your funding comes based on the number of students that you have in your district. So when we say that the state um, has, the last two years, the state froze funding um, for us, uh, and the rationale um, made some sense in that, that there was a lot of relief money that was coming in for COVID that schools were supposed to take that, that money and provide extra services. So, for example, in my district, we provided a virtual option uh, that was expensive. Uh, we had to hire um, a lot of extra staff, had to put some things in place so we could offer a virtual option. And then also there's the extra expenses for, for all the COVID uh, protocols that you had to put in, in place for that. But that, that funding uh, was also different as well. So when schools got their funding, that was allocated by the federal government. They made the decision that whatever level your free and reduced population was at, so your economically disadvantaged students, the higher that number was, the more money that you received. So for Hamilton, we don't have a high uh, population or around 13% uh, that are a free and reduced lunch rate. That means that we got less money. So at Hamilton, the the state average was about $3,000 per student that came in. Hamilton got uh, $1,000 per student. And there were some districts that got over $10,000 per student. You can look at some of the bigger districts or some of the other districts that have a higher poverty level and be like, wow, you got all that money to spend. And it's like, that wasn't the same for all of the, the districts. So the rationale for freezing the funding was, we're going we're gonna to give you a 0% increase these last two years because you have all this funding. Well, like for my district, that wasn't the case. We used that money to do all the extra things that I just said. And then we had to use that money to kind of fill in what we would have typically saw from an increase. So in a time of really high inflation, we've got frozen for the last two years. How, how do we fix it? It seems like there's not a one-size-fits-all fix. Yeah, that, that's a big challenge because you could come in and, and um, there'd be winners and losers <laughs> any way you look at doing it, right? So if they tried to come in, I don't think there's an easy fix uh, uh, for that, but there's got to has to be a way that can do some things to make it a little bit more equitable for how things are 
adjusted. There was a couple of years ago, there was a blue ribbon commission that was put together that looked at some things and gave some recommendations to the legislature about how they could do things a little bit different. But you're talking, if you really want to fix it and address it, you're talking about a massive overhaul uh, of a system. It, it needs to be looked at, really. Some things need to be fixed. If we don't come up with some plan, or at least begin to institute some sort of plan, what are the potential damages that happen bigger class sizes losing teachers because we can't afford to pay them what's the worst case scenario about what happens here so you're hearing some things talking about school funding and i think in, in the past couple of years schools have gotten uh 100 or 200 dollar increase somewhere in there um usually per student right uh that would go up so the last two years they froze it when we're at a really high inflation rate so when you start doing that, schools have to start making choices. A lot of that is higher class sizes because you're going to have less staff. Some of the programming that we offer would also have to be changed. Hamilton was fortunate enough to pass a referendum in 2018. We have an applied engineering program that has just got recognized as the program of the year at our high school level and also at our middle school levels for the opportunities that they're providing kids. So that's trades. That's things going in there, everything from engineers to welding to construction to graphics. The kids are getting great opportunities to go do that. But that's also an expensive class to, to run. So, for example, we just had to replace laptops in that program, which is four carts of laptops, so kids share them. Anybody who goes through there, that's $160,000. We look at some of the firewall and some of um, we just had to replace, that's $400,000. The Wi-Fi we had to re recently replace because it's at end of life, and we always push our stuff past end of life. That's another $450,000. I'm almost at a million dollars for funding just the technology in the district or one of the programs that we have. So if the funding doesn't get fixed, all of a sudden maybe we can't. We have to limit the number of kids that are going out there. That means there's less kids that are getting experience that could go out into the trades. That means there's less opportunities for those kids to prepare to go out into the world. We're working with our community. Uh, we've designed our programs based on what our businesses have said, what our parents have wanted, what our kids have said that they're interested in. If we don't get funding, we're going to have to um, start cutting some of those programs. I mean, there's no, other, there's no other way to do it. I'm on some committees with businesses, all business leaders, and their answer is, here's how we're handling the inflation. We're just increasing prices. Schools don't have that option. We can't say, hey, we're going to increase the price of our products so we can offset some of those, those things. If they could even just tie increases for schools to inflationary, we'll figure out how to make it, make it work if it was tied to inflation. And the other thing I think that's important for, uh, for people to know is sometimes when they say they put money into education, uh, you'll see some headlines the last time they did it say, hey, we put a record amount of money uh, into education. That's not necessarily spendable dollars. And what happens is um, because the formula is kind of complicated, you can put more money in one area and then it ends up being a tax cut for residents of the district, mm -hmm. but the district actually doesn't see that money. Paul Bielke is the superintendent of the Sussex-Hamilton School District. I know it's a complicated subject. It is an important subject. We've got to get this figured out. And there's not an easy solution. It's not you check one box. But we've got to make the commitment to get this figured out. And I'm asking you to make the commitment to reach out to your legislator, your state senator or assembly person, and ask them to figure this out. It's too important not to get this right. It is 356 at WTMJ.